Oh yeah. Oh, you did it. You clicked on the Bar podcast. A podcast dedicated to growth. We know we're not supposed to be stuck. We're designed to grow and be all that God has called us to be. We post every Monday and Wednesdays. Monday's a segment I call Monday Message. This is where your home messages for me. Wednesday segment, that's one of my favorites. This is a segment called Wednesday's Word from the Wise. This is where I get to sit down with amazing guests and draw from their wisdom, experiences, and anointing, all for the purpose of growing. So if you're ready, I said if you're ready, growth fanatics, let's do it! Alright, and welcome back to the podcast. We're so glad you guys are tuning in. Uh, man, this is one of my favorite segments, Wednesday's Word from the Wise. Uh, I get to draw from the wisdom of folks. And today, um, I'm being like kind of biased because this is like my aunt-in-law. I don't know how you guys... So, let me ask you guys this. Maybe you can DM me. When you are married into a family, do you call like the aunts or like the, you know, obviously your brother-in-law, mother-in-law, but like, do you call like grandma-in-law? Do you do aunt-in-law? <laughs> um, anyways... I'm weird. So here's my aunt-in-law, Liz. <laughs> How's it going, Liz? Pretty good. <laughs> For those who do not know you, Liz, uh, just tell a little about yourself, like where you're from, and yeah, what's new in your life right now? Okay. I think it's aunt by marriage. Aunt by marriage. I think that's the proper term. Okay. And I like that a lot better than aunt-in-law. Okay. So I will refrain from saying aunt-in-law <laughs> it's going okay. forward. It's okay. Yeah. So I'm Liz. And I grew up Amish, actually, and so that's what we're going to be talking about. But yeah, yeah what's new right now is the baby. Yeah. I just had a baby, and uh, I get to be out by myself tonight, which is great. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, um, I would like to say that Ella and I take credit, or actually not Ella and I, but uh, her husband, Joe, my uncle by marriage... <laughs> Uh, not uncle-in-law, uncle by marriage, and I, I get to take credit because we whooped her and my wife, Ella, so bad at Rook. Go on. That, you know, she had to have her baby. <laughs> had to so have a like, baby that night. <laughs> yeah, anyways. She had to win hard. in it some kind of way. It was hard losing, this way. <laughs> Seriously. But anyways, we're going to dive right into this, guys. Uh, again, Liz's story is really powerful on just the fact of leaving the Amish and just the significance behind that. And the thing that I want you guys to really be listening uh, to or just something that you can draw from in this conversation is the fact that um, a lot of us may be in some type of religion, right? And even in Christianity, there may be some religious bounds that we get stuck to. And my hope today is that you'll learn or kind of see just some of the things that Liz was able to do to kind of break away from religion and truly experience God. Like, let me just start by asking this, Liz, like, what is the difference between your relationship with God from being in the Amish versus now? So what's the difference between? Yeah, like your uh, well, relationship with the Lord. Like, I don't think you can compare it because... We knew about God, but there was no relationship. Mm. Um, we were taught about God, but we weren't taught that he's um, relational. It was more, as a kid especially, it was more, um, if you tell a lie, God puts those people in the fire. Um, he was kind of like Santa Claus. You know, be good or you mm. won't get any gifts. God was kind of, be good or he's going to throw you in the in, into hell. You know, it was kind of a fear tactic. Yeah. So as as I grew up, 
that's how I saw God, you know, standing at ready to punish every wrong you did, right? So there was no relationship. And, and on that note, you, you're never taught about Jesus either. Um, mm. Jesus was very rarely talked about. The only thing I knew about Jesus until we actually started searching and right before we left was that Judas betrayed Jesus. But I had no idea who Jesus was wow. or that we, he was the son of God. There was always this like Judas betrayed Jesus. And that's all I know, knew about uh, Judas and Jesus. Wow. So that's like God was this faraway figure that operated heaven. And you had to um, kind of live your life in a way that you're worthy of going into heaven. There was no salvation message or anything like that. So he was kind of like your mean dad mm. or like the mean bishop. Yeah. You know, he wasn't actually, that's a really good way of saying it. He was the mean bishop that says, Hey, if you do wrong, I'm going to punish you. Yeah. Only God actually had the ultimate authority to keep you out of heaven. Wow. So that's kind of, kind of the relationship with God. I mean, if you can even call that a relationship versus now, hmm. I mean, when I have the least littlest problem, I'm like, man, God, like, I need your help with this. Yeah. You know, like with the newborn baby, like he's a little fussy today. And I'm just like, Lord, show me like, cause it's like, he's right beside me now. And he's just walking with me. I am every second of every day. I'm aware that he's with me, but not in a negative way. He's with me for my good. Mm. And so, you know, the Bible says that every good and every perfect gift comes from above. And so like, man, the things, good things happen throughout the day. I'm like, man, thank you, Jesus. You know, it's, that's the kind of relationship I have now. It's he's my friend now versus um, the guy I was afraid of, mm. if that makes sense. No, it does. And that's, that's really neat um, to think about that because you would think uh, from a group of folks who segregate themselves and they put up, you know, all these restrictions of what they can and can't do. Right. That there would be a more concentration or consecra consecration to God. So help us like, you know, maybe educate us because there are a lot of people that are probably listening right now and like not understanding what is Amish or what is like the, the only thing that probably comes to mind is like, oh, they don't use electricity. Um, and right. And they wear and, these clothes. And people from people that have never been Amish from the outside look on and they go, wow, that is so cool. You know, hmm. it's kind of like we watch a little house movie. It's so cool, you know. Um, and it is a lot of a lot of the things are and. And but to your question, the beginning of your question, anyway, it's it would seem that they would be consecrated to God, right? Right. In a way, that's true. But they don't understand who God is. I think mm -hmm. I think their intention, for the most part, anyway, would be to live their lives unto God. But they think that because they keep their religion and their traditions, that is pleasing and honoring to God. Yeah. And so anybody who's been born in that uh, religion and would leave, they would say that we're doomed. Like mm -hmm. for us, when my husband and I left, there was still hope for us until we got rebaptized. Mm -hmm. So, so we were baptized in the Amish church, yeah. not into Jesus Christ, not into the family. We were, we were literally baptized. When we got baptized, we promised to keep the Amish religion, mm -hmm. the rules and the regulations of the church. Yeah. So when we left and we became born again, we said, well, 
we had a desire to be baptized into the family of God, unto Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. And so we decided to get baptized, and that's when they pretty much were like, even if we wanted to come back, mm. I'm not quite sure how that would work, but I don't think we could wow. once we're baptized. But in their eyes, we are now basically doomed to hell. Yeah, That's how for the most part, the Amish see it. And I want to clarify something here because I feel like a lot of people get confused and I've gotten quite a bit of backlash for saying, because sure. people think I'm brought paint, painting the Amish religion with a broad paintbrush. Mm. There are so many different sects of Amish. Mm. Um, there's New Order, New New Order, Old Order. We were Schwarzenegger. So I'm st strictly speaking for the Schwarzenegger yeah. where I came from. I understand that there are different types of Amish that weren't this strict, but this yeah. is where I grew up. And so it seems like you always have to clarify that because a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. It's just like even Christianity, you have non-denominational, Pentecostal, right. exactly. Baptist, you know, so on, so forth. Yeah. And uh, again, I think people can easily clump it all together, but there is a difference for each sector. Like uh, Ella was telling me about an Amish family that had a refrigerator. Right. And so she would and tease and she's like, dude, that's, you're not really Amish. But yeah, exactly. And some do. Some ha A lot of them have like indoor plumbing. It's mm. just run by gas. Yeah. And we didn't have that. We had zero indoor plumbing. We wow. had oil lamps. Like, you know, and so a lot of people get that and they get offended because you talk about where you grew up and they go, well, I know Amish. I know that's not true. Yeah. You know, you just need to understand that there's dif different um, settings in the Amish. Some right. are more conservative than others. Wow. So what kind of caused you guys to leave? Like, what was the wake-up call? You know, when you're empty, completely empty, you're searching, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's what happened in our family. We were searching for something more, but we didn't know what we were searching for, right? And, and, then, and I want to interject here that whenever you are searching, the enemy is always going to throw you or offer you a counterfeit. Mm. And that's also what happened in our family. So we were searching, obviously, because we had a, an emptiness, right? And and my dad especially was really off the rails. He mm. he was and and but I believe it was because he was searching and and he was offered this counterfeit and he jumped on it and and so ultimately they left. My parents and some of my siblings left. Um, to follow that religion that was the counterfeit. Yeah. And during the time that they had left, especially my brothers were really not at peace. Mm. Some of them actually were so in so much turmoil they couldn't eat. They literally mm. did not eat because they were just not at rest. Yeah. And so through some events that occurred or they found out some things and uh during the time that they had left, that they decided they didn't want that. They came back. Mm. And so a couple of my brothers said, okay, so we're going to be coming back. This was wrong. It must be that we were just misled. They understood that they were misled. So when they came back, they said, we're going to be good Amish. And they started digging in the Bible. Mm. But the problem was we read the, the German Bible, as in what they have in Germany. Yeah. Right. But that's not our first language. Oh. And so you can read the words and this makes no sense to a lot of people that you can pronounce the word 
and right. read it, but you don't know what you're reading. Right. For, I would say, probably 90% of what we read in the German Bible, we didn't understand. Wow. So what they did is they started bringing in the English Bible okay. and comparing. And yeah. they started going, whoa, this is what this says? <laughs> and so they figured out that what they had and, and the Amish were not true. Mm. So long story short, my oldest brother started talking to my husband. And if I'm honest, I wasn't ready to listen. I was like, <laughs> I just don't know if I'm ready to trust them. Yeah. But something about what he was saying caught my husband's attention. Yeah. And so this started him on a journey in the Bible. Mm. And he started searching. And it's so cool because Mark 7, <laughs> he still goes back there and he says that's where God got his attention. When he started reading about the scribes and the Pharisees, especially the Pharisees and how Jesus dealt with them, he said, well, that's me. Mm. And he understood. All of a sudden, he saw himself as a Pharisee. Mm. And he thought, well, I don't want to be a Pharisee because Jesus was most harsh to the Pharisees. They were religious <laughs> hypocrites. Right. And so that's what he started ministering to me was... This is who we are. Mm. How can we change? And so that kind of opened me up because I, I did trust my husband. I had 100% faith that he would not just, you know, jump on something that he didn't think was true, uh, the true gospel. And so he started really kind of reading the Bible. And we had some friends that came and ministered to us. And it just it witnessed, you know, it was, mm. you know how the Bible says that the Spirit of God, God witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God. When, when the truth hits you, there's something that you just become set free. It, there's something that just awakens, and that's what was happening to us. And so that's kind of how it started. And, of course, we had friends that helped us and, and kind of taught us about Jesus, which was that member of the the godhead that we had never heard of which was super interesting wow and i read all four gospels in one week i remember just carrying my testament and i was like if i was out in the garden i had it with me and i would sit down and i would read so i was just really hungry to learn about this new character in the bible yeah it was like reading a book huh. and so we learned about jesus and ultimately left the amish to join join the mennonites yeah. for a little time wow so that is so cool is because like when I'm, what i'm seeing from this is uh one you know being empty and if you guys are listening right now and there's emptiness in your life like you know you can be on the search and i love the warning that you give out of just being mindful of the counterfeits but yeah what you guys end up doing is looking at the word yeah and going back to the word and what's neat is uh you allowed yourself to be seen in the word you know uh, for those, if you guys look back in the Gospels, you can probably see yourself as being a Pharisee. Maybe you see yourself as a sinner. Maybe you see yourself as someone who's who's dealing with sickness. But man, what's what's neat is what Joe did is he saw himself and said, man, I can make a change yeah. and from this I can move forward. Yeah. And this is really cool that you guys really took that step. And I bet it cost a lot to move out and kind of leave that religion. I know there was uh, you know, probably family members that have disowned or discredit because it's just like, well, you're damned to hell. So it's just yeah. like, I can't associate with you. How did you deal or how did you guys deal with all that? The that, rejection? And yeah, that was the hardest part was 
to lose family members, first of all. Yeah. You know, my, my favorite brother, he was, <laughs> I always said he was Jesus with skin on to me growing up. He wow. just had this amazing ability to just always know the right thing to say or, you know, and even, even things that weren't necessarily normal for Amish siblings to do, you know, like to encourage each other wasn't exactly <laughs> a thing we did. But he was just, that's who he was to me. Wow. And so, and he's still Amish. And so having, and he married my best friend, <laughs> like my best friend from childhood up. So that was hard, you know, and we lived yeah. neighbors and we just, we, her and I did everything together. So it was hard. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, everything that you're familiar with. I mean, we're talking culture shock, mm. leaving everything that we ever knew and live a completely different lifestyle. It was hard. All I can say is the grace of God was right there. Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I talked on the phone, like I had my own my own phone. It was a little <laughs> flip phone, um, and I was laying on on my sister. I was at my sister's house and upstairs, and I was talking to another family member. But I just remember the tears were just rolling because it felt so wrong, mm -hmm. you know. Because this whole my whole life, you know, you're taught the cell phone is the second devil, you know? Mm. Um, but at the same time you see it and it's like, it's a tool, yeah. you know? And, and so you literally had to program your mind and say, this is a tool. Yeah. We use it at Amish use it when they're in, have an emergency. Right. Yeah. Right. So it was, it was literally a long process of just the best way I know is renewing your mind to Christ yeah. and then let that change happen. As far as losing friends and family, I don't know that that pain will ever go away, mm -hmm. you know, because I still miss my brother. It lessens you, you know how to live above it. Sure. But the pain is always there of, you know, I have three Amish siblings mm -hmm. and I have very, very little, you know, connection with them. So that part is always going to be hard. I, I don't know that that will ever not be hard. Yeah. But you have such a, a relationship now, and, and we've obviously made new friends and, you know, family that we've made along the way. May not be blood, but, um, but also the thing that is more powerful than, than uh, blood family or, or, or family and friends is that emptiness is now satisfied. Mm. You know, there, that, that deep, dark hole that was just not just empty, but it was, I, I can't really explain. It was painfully empty. Yeah. That's now filled. We have a satisfaction with the Lord. The Lord, God, the Bible says that I'm a father to the fatherless. Mm. And so that's what he is to us. And even though we have a father, we have siblings, but... You know, when that relationship is cut off, you turn to the one who will never, you know, turn you away. So it's just, you just have to, in every situation, like you mentioned sickness earlier, whatever your situation is, you can always turn back to the word. Um, and he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so when you go back there in the word, that's always a safe place to go. Hmm. And so that's what I've done whenever I miss my family or... You know, there are things I just go back to the word and I say, Lord, I'm holding you to your promise. 
because you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When I feel lonely because I miss my family, that's where I go to. Or you said you're a father to the fatherless. And so I think it's just knowing that he's always with us. He is so full of love. And basically just coming boldly before the throne of grace and telling him, hey, I miss my family. This is hard. What do I do? And he'll he'll lead you. Hmm. You know, Liz, that's, that's, it's so powerful in that and just the humility that you guys had to walk in. Because the, the thing that kind of uh, popped out to me as, as we were talking too is just that, think about it. Um, and this can be for all of us. Like even, for example, like my, my father talks about this. He was a Pentecostal, very legalistic too, right? And he had to get to a place of understanding God's grace. And the thing is, he said, ultimately, you had to humble yourself and admit the upbringing that you had was wrong. Yeah. And that's not easy. Yeah. That's not easy for a lot of folks to say, I was wrong. Yeah. Or I was taught wrong. Or my dad or my mom was wrong. My grandmom was wrong. You know, my brother that I love was wrong. You know, you're basically your, your ancestors were wrong. I mean, I don't know how far back I would have to go. So you're absolutely right. It takes humility to say, and, and I think that's part of the reason we decided to join the Mennonites because we wanted to show the Amish that we're not just out to, uh, for more conveniences. You know, so we're still covering, see, we're still wearing dresses. See, we're still wearing our head coverings. And so personally, I don't know what my, what my other family members that have left would say, but personally, it was harder for me to leave the Mennonites than it was the Amish. Wow. It was one of those things where, oh, they're going to say, you're just never satisfied. You just got to keep pushing. You just got to keep pushing. You know, you got to keep going because you're just a rebel. For me, that was what I struggled with leaving the Mennonites was, oh, yeah, she's always been a, I did have a problem with pushing, (laughs) pushing the rules a little bit in the Amish. So I was convinced that that's how they're going to see me rather than me just pursuing Jesus. Mm. And so I had to humble myself at that point and say, it's okay. Let them think what they want. Yeah. What, how we live is going to preach louder, yeah. you know? And so I had to allow time to be my friend here, you yeah. know, because time eventually, and especially my brother, John, mm. the one I just yeah. told you, Jesus with skin on, he, they really have softened up a lot. Like he will come over whenever, whenever we were back in Ohio, he came over and said hi. And he, you know. <laughs> So he's he's definitely softened up a lot. But yeah, you're absolutely right. The humility was a big issue and that was not something we were taught. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of pride in our hearts. Wow. So let me ask this, like what led you, just because um, for those who are listening that may not know uh, Joan Liz personally, like I just got to say truthfully, like no uh, fluff behind this, but you and Joe leave live a godly example and you can see it in your kids you can see it in your uh just the way that you connect and you host people you guys are very genuine and very sweet um what has helped you guys because my dad would define it like this you know when people are so bound up in religion sometimes it's like shaking up a coke bottle like a coke right yeah and you can shake it up so much like can't do this you can't do this you can't do this and it's shooken but when you open up that cap and they're saying like, all right, you know, there's grace, 
you know, yeah. it, it blows out, man. And they're just doing everything and anything, yeah. right? All the things I can't do, I'm going to go do it. What, what stopped you guys from not going to that extreme, from leaving a religious bounding to not going... Leaving religion, but not leaving faith. Yeah, is how I would that's a say. Good, right? that, that's amazing. So we did see that. Um, so w- when we left the Amish and we joined the Mennonites, we still had boundaries, yeah. right? So that wasn't hard. Yeah. Um, the part that you just explained, the Coke bottle yeah. analogy, that happened when we left the Mennonites. Mm. And what kept us, Joe and I, is we were here at Karis, and we were hearing mm. every single day. We were hearing the true gospel. Yeah. And we weren't hearing that grace covers everything. You know, grace, yeah, we were hearing grace covers everything, but grace is not the license, the to, license go. to go sin or the freedom to just go sin. And honestly, if you have that desire, you need to get born again. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying you need to get your mind renewed. I always chuckle a little bit when we talk about a license to go sin. Yeah. And it's like, I forget. It was one some instructor at Karis, he said, we were doing just fine without a license. Mm. We don't need. If your heart is such has such a desire for sin, yeah. then you need to get to know Jesus. Yeah. That's that's how I see it. Come on. Um, but we did see it with some of some of our family where, after we were in the Mennonites and they started hearing about grace, but to be fair, they weren't here. You know, yeah. they weren't. You know, it was kind of whoa, this is awesome. Let's go. Right. You know, and so there was that little pendulum swing, like all the way over on the other side, but we did see it come back, you know, and kind of balance out a little bit. For us, I would just say the Lord was so good and so gracious. He knew what we needed. Yeah. He knew we needed to be exactly where we were. And that was here mm. where we had friends who said, hey, that's maybe not the wisest idea. So yeah. we just we had people walking alongside us, praying with us and helping us. And so I would say that's probably what protected us, yeah. which is, first of all, sitting. if you sit under the Word four hours a day, five days a week, what's mm-hmm. going to happen? Right. It's like you're going to get flushed out. It's <laughs> This is a terrible analogy, but it's also a good one. Okay. When you flush a toilet, it doesn't stay empty, right? Right. <laughs> There's clean water right there to fill it up. I know this is terrible, but it's true. It was literally flushing out the religion, but there was fresh gospel filling us up. Come on. And so we never had the chance to let that empty space. You know, the Bible says that when when the house is swept, what is it, seven demons come back, find it swept, and then seven demons worse than the first ones. We never had that empty space for those seven Mm. worst demons to come back. It was always completely full. Yeah. you know, because of where we were, we were in Karis Bible College. Wow. And so I think if if you're leaving a, a religion, it's so incredibly important that you don't just leave without a plan. Yeah. You have to have a reason why you're leaving and then make sure that you're not just leaving something and then leaving that empty. You have to fill it with the truth. Yeah. And if you have the truth... You're guaranteed to be set free or the Bible is a liar. Come on. And and I choose to believe the word over anything else. Yeah. And so if you put the truth in inside of you, you're gonna get set free. It's Come just on. it's just the way it is. No, that's that's powerful and I just wanna encourage those who 
man, if you're in this place of, you may be asking the question like, man, like, am I stuck in a religious mindset? You know, one, be humble like, you know, Liz and her family were. You know, if you feel like there's emptiness and there's voids of things that aren't being answered, maybe there's some religious bounds in your mind because uh, truly the heart behind this episode isn't just talk about Amish, but it's just like all of us at time will have religious mindsets yeah, that are on. holding us back. And so take this example of just one, whatever you get rid of, you need to find truth. Like my three minute challenge is going to be go to the bathroom right now and just flush I'm just kidding. That's terrible. Actually, that's terrible three minute challenge. I'm not. I'm not being serious. But what I am being serious about is if you realize there's religious mindsets in yourself, then you need to one get back to the word. And the other thing that you you mentioned, Liz, is that you guys surrounded yourself with godly people. Yeah. You you had people oh, that yeah. were able to kind of point out and just realize those things. So I always you know shameless plug for Freedom Church, shameless plug for Caris Bible College. Let's go. If you I mean you just need to come out here. That's what you need to do if you're feeling down. But um, speaking of all that, Liz, like, uh, what is probably just. What would you say to someone right now who may be going through a religious mindset right now? Well, first of all, I, I think a lot of people, when they hear a testimony like mine, they think, well, I, I'm not in religion, yeah. you know, because you you drive a car and you have all the conveniences. That's not necessarily what I call religion. Yeah. Religion is a state of mind. It's a state of heart. And so whether you're in a denomination or not, you can have, I still sometimes have to go, but that is a really religious mindset. I don't read my Bible for a day or two. You know, that's especially been a struggle now with the baby. And sometimes I go in condemnation mode and you know what? That's religion. Yeah. It's not about how much you read the word. Right. God's love is infinite. Like it's not based on how much you read the word. The word simply teaches you how much he loves you. Yeah. So it is important we read it. But and so just making that clear, it doesn't have to be an Amish religion or a Catholic religion that you need to leave. It's a state of mind and a state of heart. Yeah. And to your question, I don't know. It's like Pastor Joe always says. Yeah. Humility is a must if you want to get out of religion. You've got to first of all, you got to recognize that you had a really have a religious mindset. Yeah. Um and then you just got to say yes to God. Mm-hmm. And I'm quoting Pastor Joe now. But it's so good though. Right. Cuz once you just say yes to God or you say God, I don't know how to get rid of this religious spirit. Help me. Show me. Yeah. Um and hey, maybe pray for friends like we had. Yeah. One of, one of the things that is so important to have good friends when you hit a crisis, and okay, let's back up a few steps. Once you start seeking, mm. there's going to be opposition. It's like when you're swimming against the current. You're going to get hit with all kinds of debris and, yeah. and garbage. The enemy is starting to get nervous about where you're going. So you're going to get hit, which we did. Yeah. We got hit so hard. Mm. We had two hospital bills that first year. My father-in-law passed away. My niece passed away. My brother-in-law passed away. Our house burned down. Like, it, it was crazy. It was insane. Without friends literally carrying us at times, yeah. we wouldn't have made it. Because I, I truly believe the enemy knew that we were headed in a direction that's going to hair lip the devil. Yeah. 
and he didn't want it. And so he threw every possible thing at us to make us give up. And, and I'll be honest, I would have given up. When my daughter got lost for a couple hours, I was like, this is it. I'm not, I'm done. But thankfully we had friends that said, no, this is an attack. You need to be strong. You got, we're going to help you. We're going to push through this. So find a friend. Find a friend that's a good enough friend to say, hey, that was religion. Yeah. We need to, let, let's work through that. Right. Um, and, and if you don't have that friend, I would say ask God for that friend. And he will. He's, God is so faithful. Man, when I look where I was 10 years ago to, and I'm where I'm at now, yeah. my goodness, the faithfulness of God is the only reason I'm still alive. Come on. So, I don't know, go back to the word. Yeah. Find a friend. That's really good. And I encourage you guys, maybe even read Mark chapter seven, like Joe did and just see and ask yourself, where, where do I land in this mindset? Whose mindset do I I most represent? Um, that's something that helped, you know, uh, Liz and her family. And I, I just encourage you guys with that too. Um, lastly, Liz, uh, you know, I asked this of all my guests, you know, just a three minute challenge, right? And for those listening, you know, uh, I always do this just because it makes no sense to listen to this podcast and not walk away with anything. Or, you know, again, we're dedicated to grow. And the first step of growing is learning, which I think, man, if you guys were listening, there's a lot of good things you can take away from this conversation. But the second, and it's actually the most important step is applying. It's doing what you heard. So with that, Liz, in the next, you know, three minutes that after this podcast ends, we're going to give someone the, a challenge just to go forward with so they can apply this. What would, what would your three minute challenge be? My three minute challenge would be just take, just pause and ask yourself, am I, what am, am I, am I in a funk? It doesn't even have to be religion. Yeah. Just where am I at? What area of my life do I need to just surrender to God? And say yes to God and then be bold enough to walk right out of that. And and just, I would say, just ask God, what area of my life do I need to walk out of? Just like we walked out of the Amish and leave it behind. And you ask God, what area of my life, whether it's a religious mindset or whether it's healing, do you need healing? Um, is it a thought process? Whatever that, whatever that little area of your life just ask the Lord what it is and let him reveal and then just say yes to God. Take his hand and walk right out of it. Amen. Wow. That's awesome. I love that, Liz. Thank you for uh, just being on with us today. And uh, seriously, guys, I hope this encourages you, blesses you. And uh, if you are being blessed by this, man, share it with somebody and let someone know that you're encouraged. Thank you, Liz, for being on. Thanks for having me on. It was a great, great honor. Yeah. All right. Peace.